Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Go Black Podcast. This is the Dope Black Dads podcast. My name is Marvin Harrison. Um, I feel like I'm hanging out on my own podcast more than I ever have. But, but basically what happens is I'm extremely busy, which people know, but that's not the important part. I always make time. But what happens is people email me and be like, oh, do you want to have a chat? And I'm like, I do want to have a chat. So then I return for those particular things. <laughs> and today, today that has definitely happened. So first and foremost, we did run into each other in cans very briefly, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, briefly. Bro, is Cannes... So, basically, if anyone doesn't know, Cannes Lion is a festival of creativity is what they call it. But basically, it's like all the advertising, major platforms, tons of brands all come together. It's basically a festival of ideas. Mm. Was it what you expected? My thing is, I didn't have no expectation. Right. So, I think I saw you just before, Mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was my first time. Yeah, and then you were like, I'm actually going out there. And I was like, cool, we need to connect. Yeah. But when I thought, I thought it was going to be possible to actually just like see people and hang out yeah. and spend time and be like, how are you doing? It's good to hear from you. How's everything going? There was no time for that. What actually was your experience of, of Cannes? Um, I thought Cannes was like university. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> I felt like you either choose to go there to study and like what, mm-hmm. or you choose to go there and do fun. And I feel like mm. most people went to do fun and only yes. a certain amount of people actually went to do the work part. Yes. What's the result? So this is something really interesting. And I was speaking, I was doing a leadership um, seminar. I won't say the company, but I was doing it for a company, one of the major publishers. And one of the guys was like, oh, I'm, I'm in charge. I'm like a relationship manager. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. What are the essence of relationship management? And he was just like, well my job really is to spend time with people and get really close to them and feel comfortable so that when it comes to doing the business when the things are tough i'm the person that's able to come in and save the relationship so most of it is we don't discuss work at all yeah do you subscribe to some of that philosophy as well in terms of some of the best work you've done is just come from people that you vibed with rather than it being professional professional how do you distinguish 100 i think all of the work we've done has been based off like I think people liking me and me liking them or like my business mm. partner or people just liking Guap in general. I think um, in most of these companies, we have like an individual within the company who really rides for us or really likes what we're doing. 
and I think that relationship always um, helps out when it comes to like pitching back and receiving briefs etc etc mm. so for anyone who doesn't know we, we have Ibrahim Kamara here from Guap Mag is it magazine because magazine was a term you're old enough to know this let's not yeah. like you don't know it was a piece of paper that was sold yeah, on yeah. a newspaper stand or in a WH Smith you're just slightly different to that. I don't see it as print first. Is that correct in that estimation? Uh, when we first started, it was a print magazine. So that's why the magazine um, came about. Um, but since then, we've grown into that many different things. But funny enough, we're actually bringing our print back. We're print bringing it back. Oh. Um, because... Is, is, is that like a... Is that like a little bit like, oh, we're doing a feeler capsule? Is it a bit like that? Or is it genuinely the primary medium that you feel people want to engage with you at? I think the magazine for us is our cultural capital. So I think mm. it's, it's what um, brings in the work, it's what um, makes people know what Guap's doing, it's, it's where we can spotlight the stories that we want to spotlight. So really it's like the centrepiece of everything we do outside of business it's, it's, it's more like the, the the thing that gives us the relevance within youth culture mm. that's super dope and then I think like you it's, it's what media which is the whole but what, what falls under the umbrella what are all the touch points that you have mm. um, and what functions do they play interlocking with each other yeah so like I said what magazine is like the centrepiece so the mm. magazine is our pillar to spotlight creatives um do events under that pillar um and yeah just do as much as we can for creatives under the magazine um we have the agency where we work with brands who want to tap into the audience that we create with the magazine so our audience is primarily like young gen z slash millennial creatives that typically come from diverse communities or diverse backgrounds so we shoot we do everything from insights all the way to production, all the way to distribution with our agency. And so that's where we make most of our bread and butter. And then we have things like the Guap Gala, which is um, a award ceremony for creatives. So that's one pillar. And I think in the future, we're planning to build as many pillars as we can to like uplift the community and uplift creatives worldwide. That's super dope. Yeah. The Guap Gala, is there a silent or spoken confrontation with the GRM Gala? Do you attend the GRM Gala? No, I haven't. I haven't attended the GRM Gala. I think, um, if I'm honest, I think that generation of like creatives. Say it. No, no, just say that. <laughs> no, 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 there's not even a, a thing. I think in, when I was coming up, I feel like the only platform that really like supported like the next generation of like media owners was like Jamal Edwards yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, um yeah are, are you are you from the tree of Jamal Edwards is that someone you had a relationship yeah, with yeah or? yeah, yeah. Oh. so yeah I think um he definitely like supported us on our journey and like just gave advice and that kind of thing so I had more like a relationship with or like a synergy with like SBTV and stuff and what they stood for and I think in terms of competition, no, I, 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 I think GRM Gala is what it is, Corp Gala is what it is. I think other people have like award ceremonies and stuff. I think just because it has the word Gala doesn't 
mean um, that they should be put against each other. I think everyone's doing their thing to, yeah, uplift their part of the culture. So I think, yeah, props to what they're doing. But yeah, I just don't think it's, it's we're in the same thing. We're not doing it for the same audience, basically. So, so what's really interesting is I think there's definitely an age divide and it may not even be big it may be like a five ten year gap mm-hmm. between in ages but i think in that 10 year gap a, a lot of things happen so i'm probably in the 10 year older gap uh-huh. so grm was grm sbtv and link up were the platforms yeah, yeah. the only places you can go to get anything remotely done yeah irrespective of what your personal views were not yours but in general um and then now there's all these amazing generation of creators who have created their own entities. Mm-hmm. So almost like you're living the dreams that we try to live. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more diversity in mm-hmm. the types of creators that are honored and celebrated and centered now. Mm-hmm. And then now I meet like people who are under 25 and they kind of make me sick in a good way. They make me <laughs> sick. It's like, oh, you're free. You just manifest. I can, I am, I will, yeah, I yeah. shall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in many ways, like I, I, I appreciate it because like from my perspective, maybe 2007, eight, the kind of like chipmunk end dubs era uh-huh. was like starting. And that was the, now we're entering the charts yeah, and yeah. then we got into the wretch era and tiny era. And then that went to another level. And then there was a bit of a gap and it was like style OG was the only one that uh-huh. was on radio. And then it was like another gap and then you get this new era of like Stormzy then it went into Dave and you know what's in Central C now but that whole generation I think music is the best way to kind of chart the timeline of shift Mm -hmm. because it's really hard to do it with people because we all permeate differently like we all mix and match but in music there was a particular time that permeates what it sounds like you're saying is rather than it being a hierarchy of good and better it's just like a sphere of different parts of blackness yeah, yeah. that engage. How would you articulate your sphere of blackness to something like a GRM, to a something? Um, I'm trying to think of other platforms, you know, radio, uh, what's it called? No, radio. What's it called? Radar. My brain's gone dead. Uh, radar, radio, yeah. all these different platforms. How would you say your particular platform sits? It sits within that. Yeah, I think. First off, yeah, we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for like the SVs, the Graham Ladies, the Link Up, because I think they showcase what platforms coming from um, our culture can look like. But I guess what was different for us is that we saw those platforms and saw that they were primarily revolved around music. And there wasn't a platform from culture that just covered creativity. So like there wasn't like an ID equivalent or a days equivalent or a vice equivalent within culture it was just music so i think where we came in was covering the other so covering the stylists the photographers uh, the um, videographers and putting them on the same pedestal as the music artist and mm. i think when we was doing it it wasn't really making sense to the, to everyone at first but i think like five years down the line this community of creatives is kind of representative of what Gen Z and millennials are. Like young people are creative. Not everyone wants to be a rapper no more. Not everyone wants to be this or that no more. So I feel like we're one of the only platforms that is like a representation of that part of culture, the part of kids who might come from ends, but 
might want to be a designer or might come from ends that might want to be a stylist or um, just the other. So not just going down music and everything that's in it. So yeah, I think that's where we sit. And that, that, that crosses across fashion and that crosses across arts and it crosses across music. It kind of like intertwines youth culture a lot more than just the music. And this just came to mind as you were speaking, but is that evolution connected to an acceptance of different types of masculinity? Yeah. So it's almost like you had to be an MC, 100%. footballer, or manager. 100%. Yeah, like it was like five things. Mm-hmm. And now, you now if I say I want to be an actor, no one's going to no bat an eyelid. They're going to be like, "Dope." Yeah. What the, can you speak to that a little bit? The kind of evolution of masculinity in what we call the estate or the in the ends, or yeah, I think we say this all the time that for us growing up. You was either a footballer or a rapper, what your mum told you to do, or your dad told you to do, or like roadmen. Like those are like the things that were like seen as like success in all the different parts of our things. And I think we got to a point at university where we realised the only reason why everyone wants to kind of be like that, because those are the only things that are like platformed properly. So that mm. even that was like a reason for us to like start the platform to really like showcase people to pay to people that you can be from the areas that we're from and still do other things and still be successful and like still be an entrepreneur and look how you look and dress how you want, etc. etc. And I think yeah, it does touch on masculinity because I think like I said, we are told and our environment show us only one way out when we was growing up. So I think now there's many examples of ways you can be out. So I think it's it's going to help a lot of young men think of other ways they can make money mm. and other ways they can get out of the hood because there's so many examples of people who have come from the same similar backgrounds that have done the same thing where I don't think that was the same before. Yeah. The other thing that I think has happened is with women being more centered so, so historically, so I, I don't know if you know, I used to run a show called Sunday Show, mm-hmm. and oh, at that show, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. That. so that, that yeah, was yeah. my show. Um, and for so long, the it felt very clear that there was a glass ceiling in terms of what women could do in the industry, and most of them were either like models, assistants to a man, talent obviously themselves, but very rarely was it like I own a business. Like I think of someone like Shawnee Caballero, who's like this amazing publisher. And I, I I follow her just because I enjoy the the clarity, confidence, and real experience that she has of doing stuff. Like I just love hearing it as and I like to be immersed in it as a constant reminder because in my era, most of that wasn't really possible. She probably would someone would have tried to make her a model or something and been like, yeah, be a model. And that's that's the ceiling. So I think the raising of of, of women, the diversification of masculinity has then meant you can really do whatever you want. 100%. Like being a male fashion designer, a heterosexual male fashion designer is just, of course, go yeah. on. You should do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you think about yourself and and just who you are, how would you characterize your personality? That's one thing. Like I've, I've obviously experienced you a couple of times. I've seen tons of your work. Uh-huh. But the root cause of like who you are and how you become this person, do you understand that story and that experience? Have you ever told it? Yeah, yeah, I've told it, like, recently, within, like, the last year, there was a podcast I'd done, and I told it. I think that was, like, the first time I kind of, like, actually, like, went through a 
chronological timeline and it even made me think about oh you know what this actually makes sense why i am why i am um <laughs> so yeah if i was to describe myself I, th- I would say i'm chilled um i would say i'm a hard worker i would say i listen more than i speak mm-hmm. um i would say i'll say i'm a nice person um and i would say i am dedicated mm. probably yeah so I, i heard this thing where they said nice people are either nice because things have happened to them and that's how they want to be treated so like they've just experienced lots of heavy things and they've witnessed it and so they want to be the exact opposite of that and the other thing is where i think and this is maybe not a bit of a narrative but just you're you're nice as a mask to who what you truly feel have you ever unplugged your what nice means to you and why you are that way because i recently have had to acknowledge why i do what i do and it's not fun but it's it's been important um i think for me i think life is for me life is simple isn't it like that's how i my perception to life is simple is like if you want something go get it. if you don't want something don't do it if you if you want to be a bad person be a bad person like it's it's very black and my mind the way my mind works is very black and white so mm. i don't like stress so i don't mm. want to do things outwardly that's going to cause me any sort of headache or stress mm. so i think to me being a nice person isn't going to lead me to anything negative mm. so yeah like it's, yeah just do and maybe there is like a deeper root i don't think yeah a lot of bad things have happened to me but i think to me everything is, is what it is isn't it like it's it's just mm. life so mm. yeah be, i think for me be like being nice being nice should be a norm i don't think it should be a, like a oh you're so sick because you're nice or like you're any given but like you should be nice like i think it's an effort to not be a nice person mm. so yeah I, i i hear you i agree i think my desire to be nice is because i've witnessed a lot of oppression specifically to women some gay people that were in my family that i knew growing up and like in part of me engaged in some of it like just like mild homophobia not really understanding the magnitude of what it is that i'm saying and then i think about who those people really were most of the people i quite liked they were really nice people and i felt like the conditions for them to be who they are didn't really exist as they do today and so what became of them or what they had to go through i think about so creating conditions specifically for women is because i've witnessed so many women be attacked be abused be brutalized um marginalized so it becomes a thing of like i don't want women to be around me and feel like they can't say what they think or that they're just tools for you know my growth or whatever um so that's really important to me i also think being neurodivergent has given me a completely different experience that's a new thing for me i didn't realize i was until 18 months ago so imagine literally living 37 and a half years and then one day discovering that you're adhd and being like oh well hold on this is a whole 
like it, it basically colors your whole experience. Everything that's ever happened to you, Makes sense. you understand because the foundation of it is just like, that's what I was working from without knowing. Uh-huh. Um, and so I feel that that is the reason why for me, I build so much empathy because I've realized how much difference is, how much difference there is in some men that fundamentally shape their outlook. Like, I wouldn't be able to just, I can't oppress in the way that some patriarchal men can. I can't just be that person. My There's like a, a, a glow inside that warms up whenever I'm being an arsehole. So it immediately tells me to wrap it up. Okay. Like I just, it's just like an internal built system. Um, and so I feel I want to create an environment where more men who are like me or who are similar in values can express themselves can explore can be curious and discover who they actually are because that type of masculinity doesn't work for everyone mm-hmm. Is that, i almost feel like you're you're a different breed of man anyway have you ever thought about your positioning in masculinity versus sort of the red pill man or the archetype or the the, you know, the men that often get challenged um have thought about it but i i do know that I'd probably sit somewhere in the middle because mm. I feel like even things like me having a nose piercing uh, is like is like something that a um, red pill man probably wouldn't do kind of thing. Um, so mm. and then, then I think over time the things that people say about like men not being able to speak etc etc or not being able to communicate I've actually tried to go deeper into like understanding that and where earlier on I said um, I listen more than I speak, I feel like that is communication because I think a lot of, a lot of times people talk about communication and just think it's outwardly, but I think a big part of communication is listening and actually understanding what someone else is saying. And I think mm. that part is always ignored. So I think when I'm talking, of, when I think about how my masculinity is grown before I probably would have spoken more than I listen and try to prove a point and try to be like, oh, no, like I'm right, I'm right kind of thing where now I don't. So yeah, I think I do feel like I have elements of a traditional man, but then I think because of experiences and like where the world is going, but then also that, yeah, like the type of industry I'm in, there are elements where it's like I've had to learn from my environment and it's kind of put me in the middle I would say mm. I think Jay-Z says something that y'all fronting like Tupac didn't have a nose ring too or something like yeah. that. that's so many thug men's uh, icon yeah, but yeah. he also had one and he was laying in a tub naked with gold all over yeah, him so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know to, in many many ways I don't know how like true that picture is and I, and I feel like sometimes you know men have been more nuanced and diverse from the beginning and we just pretend that that part of us doesn't exist even like when like man perms and stuff yeah just yeah, like how, how can you have a perm call yourself a pimp and a gangster carry a gun shoot people hit women and then have a perm and then be like bro yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, math yeah. is a math thing yeah 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 literally <laughs> literally um, so how you you were also a father how, how many children do you have one one how, how old are they, are they three boy girl boy Ezra three yeah yeah so listen, three years old. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a. T- this is the only parenting code I'm gonna give you, okay? Because I don't think it's fair to give people parenting inf- advice and information because it's like you're going through your own thing in your own yeah, way. Yeah. And it's too many but three to seven is. 
gangbusters, especially for dads. It's when we really, really kick in. Like we kick in early because you can spend time, you can do, you know, connection, like bonding, skin to skin, going for walks, feeding, you do all those things. Those are more practical elements of fatherhood and they're important. But I feel like the best of a, of a dad is in the action. Yeah, Men yeah. doing. There's something powerful when you get to teach him little stuff um, and then he starts to pick up on those things and and then but but turn it into his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so even if it's like, oh, like I, my, the other day I told my kids to film me doing some stuff and my son was doing different. I was looking at him like, how are you better than me at this? Like, he's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. wait one second, dad. And he's like, no, no, stand there. <laughs> and he's like, oh. he's, he's mini directing me and I'm not creative in that way. But like to see him interpret yeah. the things that I do in his own way, and that gasses me out. Then I want to give him everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's been your experience of naught to three as a father? How have you found it? I'm gonna lie. For me, it's been amazing. Um, if only my situation is quite different because my son is with me every week, Thursday to Sunday, mm. and it's been like that since he was born. Mm. So like, he actually came to my house first before he actually went to his mum's house. So like. I've wow. actually been bonding with him since he was zero. So like it, like mm. it's not, it hasn't been a thing where I haven't been able to like actually yet build a proper rapport with him. Like it, I've had him, yeah, like I said, every week, Thursday to Sunday. So yeah, um, yeah, it's been fun. I think it's been so interesting, and I think that also changed my perspective a lot of things because I think um, seeing someone grow and seeing someone go from like not knowing nothing to like knowing a little bit more kind of thing actually seeing how they're developing like week on week it's just like Mm. it's like a very fascinating process yeah to to watch so yeah for me it's it's actually been all good like my son's not one of those my son's not a noisy child either kind of thing so it's been quite relaxed and he's quite independent so yeah it's been fun like I actually have Mm. enough like there's, there's not one part of it that I would change and I'm happy that I that I've had that um, finger place of Thursday to Sunday every week because I feel like mm. there would have been elements that I would miss out on if it wasn't that way so I, I think one of the things on this podcast is I think family dynamics are important like I'm, I'm a big fan that fan of uh, like for example an intentional blended family than an accidental breakup and fracture so as in like imagine you're with your partner and you've done 10 years and it's just not working to sit there and take time to to put invest time in deconstructing your relationship in a way that allows there to be harmony and a life after that point is more important than scrapping and fighting for your relationship to the very end Mm -hmm. um so family dynamics are just important because everyone has a slightly different arrangement and it's always good the lessons that people learn from each other how does your family dy- dynamic work? How does your... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Extended family play a role in helping you looking after who's your support system in you looking after your children, especially in those four days when when he's with you. Yeah, so I would say my like it takes a, a village to raise a child, isn't it? Like my my mum, my sister, I have like two sisters and a little brother who live with my mum. So when there's times I might need to do something. Um, he spends a lot of time there. So I think he stays there between my house, their house and his mom's house. Um, and yeah, I think he kind of feels like a little brother because my mom has six kids. Mm. When he came, he kind of just felt like another one of us. Mm. So mm. it's never a case of, oh, you have to, I have to ask for someone to babysit. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. If he's in the he house, just blends into yeah, the like, crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's in, if he's in the house, he's in the house. Like, and there would never be a point where any of my siblings would be like, "Oh, I don't want to look after him," or "Why are you always leaving him?" Like, it would never be that because he is one of us, kind of thing. So, I work from home Thursday and Friday anyway. So Thursday and Friday, um, I pick him up from nursery, take him to school on on the day, the next day, pick him up. But then from the weekend ever spend time with me or spend time with my family but yeah he's just integrated and because it's like i said because he's been there from the start in regards to he came to our house first because i had to um, mm. take him from the hospital and we've always had that um arrangement of him thursday to sunday like the whole family see wow. him, him grow bro tell us how how did you get because so so what like for me i don't i don't have those challenges and sometimes i get into a very lofty like it's very easy to create those dynamics because yeah. me, me me and the mother of my children we do one week one week off oh. but at any point during that week we just hang out it's just like what are you doing you're free i'm gonna come around for dinner or do you want to like we just try to make it as normal as possible yeah. but how did you come to the arrangement of like i'm just gonna do these four days and I'm going to take him Thursday to, to Sunday and, and maintain it. And like, is, is there communication and a healthy dialogue with, yeah. with the mother of your children? Or, I think or? Um, I set that foundation before he was born. So mm. I think before he was born, we had a communication and a, a conversation. And I said, that's what I want because I didn't want him growing up. Not I'm Cyrilonian. One, not knowing he's Cyrilonian. And then two, not growing up around my family as well. Like that was very, um, that was, yeah, that was something I wasn't debating. 
and I also didn't mm. didn't want him ever thinking, oh yeah, I only see my dad on the weekends. Like, yeah, that, yeah. that was never going to be the case. I think in in regards to how I've managed to do it, it literally, I set the foundation be- way before he was born, so that when he was born, there was no like debating about it. Like we've already had a conversation about how we're gonna make the um, situation work. Um, so yeah, that's how we've done it. And then in terms of keeping it up, like I said, I work Thursday and Friday at home. The whole team does. So the days, mm. and I have him from Thursday to Sunday. So the days that I'm working from home, um, it, it just makes it easier because even if he's off, he can just spend time with me. But I've even bought like a house near his school and stuff just to make things like easier and stuff. So yeah, oh. it's just... Um, yeah, just like intentional decisions and intentional conversations and everything mm. for the best of my son. Yeah. If, if you were going to design him, because he's going to be a man of the future, and I think about this at my son, my son's seven. Now he's actually eight very soon. But I'm, I'm almost building an intentional man of the future. What are some of the things that you're trying to plug into him so that he understands from early? Um, one of the things I would say is that... Um, for him to understand that his dad loves him. Mm. I think like intentionally like letting him know I love him. But I think a lot of us from our generation probably didn't even actually hear that from our dad. Like mm. in, in actual words, through action probably. Um, so actually letting him know that. I think independence. Uh, I'm, I, well, I'm the type of dad like if he falls down, I probably won't help him up all the time. <laughs> I kind of would like let him um, get up himself um, that he is able to do anything I thought I hope that through the work I've done and through his like ethics work ethic mm. that he will get um, that he can believe that anything's possible and that I also can help in with like black nepotism hopefully mm. to, to, to like help him get where he wants to be um, and I think those are the main things I feel like I don't want to tell him what he has to be. I kind of just want him to, I want to do as much as I can for him to like find what he wants to do. And then I just mm. use all the resources I have to make it happen. Mm. And then for you, in terms of like being from Sierra Leone, what does that, what kind of cultural things are, are that happen? I, I just came out from Antigua. So my, my family are Jamaican. Mm. So on my dad's side, all Jamaican and my mum's side, all Jamaican, but my my maternal grandfather is Antiguan. So my grandmother married two Antiguan men in her life. And within that, going to Antigua, so I've been to Jamaica tons of times. I finally go to Jamaica and then I understand my grandmother immediately. Mm-hmm. Like it was really bizarre that she adopted so much Antiguan cultural elements, like food, language, uh-huh. um, ways of expression. And so, I, and even the sound, her sound had augmented from how she sounded originally and it's kind of like I can hear some of the Antiguan influences in it uh-huh. um, but food is probably the biggest one by far like how she cooks is different what are some of the key serialonian cultural elements of either family makeup you know language or food that are really important 
that you want to transfer into your children, but also people on the podcast should understand. I know disrespect, but Sierra Leone's not a part of the top five diaspora countries, so I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> those who know, you know, I don't even need to talk too much, you know. That's, those, <laughs> those, those, those who know, those who know, know, innit? Like I always say, yeah, when something is not, um, not even just me, it's economics. When something is highly available, the value goes down. Oh, okay. all right, that's fine. Talk cool, yeah, man. Yeah, isn't I just said like, it's just economics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't make the rules. <laughs> um, Very quickly, though, I do feel like that's it. I've never really actually thought about it. I just said it, but then now I'm thinking, Jamaica's number one in terms of Jamaica's number one in terms of per capita uh, cultural impact. There's three million people there, and how much impact Jamaica has had globally per capita by far number one then Nigeria, then Ghana, then I would say South Africa. I actually don't know who the fifth is. Trin- I would say Trinidad is on the list because carnival culture is huge. Their food, their language is huge. I wouldn't even say Kenya. I don't think Kenya's culture is like, like, like that. I think it's a debate between Nigeria and Jamaica though. No, 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 no. Not per capita. I would like, No way. I think this is the clip you should put out. And ask. No, no, listen. <laughs> I mean, there's actually, I mean, there's actually it's debatable. How? It's there's debatable. 3 million people in Jamaica. Listen, there's 230 million Nigerians. Bro, you're Jamaica, didn't it? So I'm I'm from a Philippine. It's, it's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> it's debatable. You, do you have one argument about the export of Nigerian culture that even comes close to reggae, jerk chicken? fucking sorry bob marley usain bow like what we've created from three million people i don't i don't even i feel that feels that feels because for me reggae and bashman have been doing it for longer than afrobeat yes it's as an export a global export Mm. bob marley's traveled further than fella kute for sure Mm -hmm. it's available you should be out this is going on the internet one of us is going to get cancelled hopefully it's you because i have i have things that i want to pack it's debatable now that's me i don't have a side because i'm not nigerian or jamaican Mm. it's debatable it could be all right if you if if you are culturally um selling let's say you're at an expo and you're selling sierra leone to the diaspora to whoever about just like you should visit you should invest you should you know, pay attention to what is the conversation in Sierra Leone that people need to know. We know diamonds, but beyond that, Idris Elba. <laughs> you just cheated, bro. You went to the greatest black export of all time from Britain. Like they people love that guy in stuck away. Idris Elba. I, 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 I want to reject that a part of me because he also speaks patois. He always, yeah, but he also that, does something better. That's crazy. <laughs> you need to uh, check, bro, because I, I swear he's like ten percent Jamaican or something. Uh, definitely, I saw him in Sierra Leone. Like he's definitely Sierra Leone. Um, what's the best thing for Sierra Leone? Our lives, the people. I feel like the people. I feel there's not a lot. If we're talking from the UK point of view, there's not a lot of Sierra Leoneans. Mm. But the ones that are in the industry are extremely talented do you know what I feel like you should make it your you should need to do a piece on Sierra Leoneans who are doing dope things yeah, I, I, saw... I can list it I can list it we've got Ib Kamara who's um, yeah 
um, creative director of LV right now. Play LV. Bro, I thought you were talking about yourself. I was looking at you no, like that's no. the most gas thing I've ever no. seen in my life. No, 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 no. no I'm I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I know who that is though. Days. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Panero. Yeah. Idris Elba. We've got Big Zoo. Mm. Got Henry, the presenter. Mm-hmm. Mm. Got myself. <laughs> We've got Labram. Who? Labram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Labram. Yeah. Pode from Labram. We've got Sampa. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty yeah, good that's one. A bad, that's a bad one. <laughs> 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 We've got. Even that list is crazy. No, you got, you got to do a Sierra Leonean doing shit dinner because I saw a Ugandan one yeah, and yeah. it was slightly brezzy. I was like, ooh, they may be coming for you. I, th- I, I would say whatever position we find, your competition is Uganda. What are you talking about? Trinidad. Trinidad, no. Uganda, you Trinidad. You could have named me one person from Trinidad in the scene. What do you mean? Culturally, though. Yeah, they export carnival, which is a global phenomenon. Global. Soca, global. Come on. Specific music from their island has no, gone no. global. No, it's true. It's true. We- so I feel like that was, that's your conversation. And I, I think you should all battle it out and then send an email to jamaica.com and we'll, we'll see if you make it into the top five. Oh, but I'm just saying, <laughs> for me, like, I, I, I spent... Like, obviously, when people say, oh, I've traveled to Africa, oh, that's stupid because specific countries are so different across yeah. the continent. But I've had the privilege of being in Caribbean and, and, and countries in Africa. And it's it's a, just a different, it's just a different worldview. Yeah. Like, it's, I really do feel like I'm in the wrong place. Like, I, I knew I was in the wrong place. And then I visited, like, Antigua, Jamaica. And, like, even when you go Dom Rep, there's just something there's something in the air. The sun is different. The soil is different. The food is different. The the the, the voice, the the language that people use and the tone that they have resonates. I don't know if you know this thing of like when you're on the phone to a black person, you know it's a black person. Yeah, yeah. Even if like you're calling, yeah. There's a vibration that we have between us, which is prominent. So when you go back, when I go to South Africa, often I never want to leave. Like I feel like there's a home element to it. And I feel like we need to understand the other countries outside of the three that we all kind of got shipped from. Yeah. Like what are some of the other countries and what their things are to go and investigate? Because I think there's great things there to go and unpack. And there's also space for us to go and like invest and upskill and, you know, get involved in what things are going um, locally. Have you ever thought about investing in Sierra Leone? Would you do it? Yeah, yeah, no, I did. Um, so my dad was building a house there. And then I basically helped him like refurbish it, but then he passed away before it like finished. So it's it's still there, it's still to be complete. So I I, I am investing there. I just need to finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's powerful, man. Yeah. Um, can you talk about your? You see, you talked about the earlier about the relationship with your your dad and kind of just like it not being as straightforward. What what was the relationship with your dad? Because most of the time, I I didn't grow up with my dad day to day act. Well, he wasn't active or present at all. But the things I kind of learned were from his absence, quite powerfully, but in in a in a useful way. Like there's just things that I just didn't need yeah. to be exposed to, and I think sometimes there is better. It's a better environment if a parent isn't healthy mentally to be able to have a positive impact. Yeah. Their absence may be the best thing. What was your actual relationship with your dad like? I oh, know, you know, my relationship was good. I think it got as he was passing, it got better as well. 
I think um, my dad's always been present, but um, yeah, he was always there. But then he split up with my mum when I was like 11 or 12, but he still made an effort to kind of like be in our lives kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I think learn you learn good things, you learn bad things. I think there's a, as I've got older, I feel like there's a lot of my character and where I am that I can actually see comes from how he was as well and how he maneuvered. But then there's also things he done that also shapes some of the things that I do, like some of the negative things. Um, but yeah, I think all in all, it was a good relationship. I think, like I said, as I started becoming a man, it became a better relationship because we could speak man to man, I would say. Cool. It, it, what are some of the, do, do you have life questions that you're, you haven't got to say what the answers or the backstory are, but like, do you have big life questions that you want, need, or hope for answers for? Um, Not to get a bit deep, but I think I often question if I'm happy. Because I think, I think in my position, like most of the things that I would want, I have, like, I don't actually have any like worries. Mm. On paper, like everything that someone would want, I've basically got kind of thing. But then I think, yeah, there's just, I don't know if that makes me happy. That makes sense. Mm. So yeah, I think I often question that. So, so what you just said is really interesting because I feel like I've been doing stuff since 13. I've been working since 13. I was, I was that little kid on the estate who used to have a car washing business and I gathered all the other people on the estate and we used to knock on doors and wash cars for five pounds. I was doing that from 13 years old. Yeah. And then I've had a job since 19, sorry, 16 and independent since 19. And at 39, I'm tired. Yeah. Like it's not even really about anything else or anyone else. I think I'm just tired. And I don't even think I'm tired as in like, I don't like what I do is that I'm, I would like to preserve all my energy for things that are peace led or joy led. Yeah. And anything in between, any passa, any like weird behavior, any scandal, any, anything just challenging, I don't particularly desire. And I will create a boundary, a very strong one about engaging in it just because I think at this stage, I feel I deserve peace and joy like that's that's what i i want to laugh like my eight-year-old self and i want to rest and i want to sit in nature and i want to be around loved ones and i want to hear how their day is going i don't want to hear about conspiracy theories and like every day just like a problem or you know self-inflicted things that people need to go through on their own uh, i i don't know how you find peace in what you do like once you become of use to people in a culture i assume most people are trying to extract value and mm-hmm. <laughs> access and platform. And I, I deserve to be on a front cover because, and if you don't, you don't care about black people or, you know, you must get all of that. How do you deal with all of those side of things? Um, well, I don't go out much because mm. I think, is that, is that in general or is that because of the position uh, you hold now? I think both. I think I could go somewhere that's meant to be that like, fun. And then it becomes work. Mm. So, so it gets kind of long. Um, was yeah? How do I do it? Mm. I probably don't. I'm being honest. Mm. I probably don't. Mm-hmm. I'm probably still working on it. Probably still working on it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Look, I, I feel. <clears throat> and and I think I don't know how much years we are apart. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna I'm have 20, to make I'm it. I'm 29. Yeah, so we're 10 years apart. Yeah, yeah. 
And honestly, if I was doing 29 again, there are so many things that I would say would be of incredible value to know now. And it sounds like some of the things you've already got in place, which is fantastic. But we're going to say these just for for the audience as well as for you. Um, And one of the main things is just boundaries, which it sounds like you have. So by removing yourself, you create a boundary, but you've got to be mindful that you don't become a tower in the tower by yourself. Because that's also really, I know you have a business partner who's super dope. Uh, We even get to speak about him yet. And you've got a great team around you. But you can end up being in a tower because it's so peaceful up there that you just lose that day-to-day connection to what people are doing on the ground every day, what their needs are, and how what you do can add value. And so the best way to do it is boundary. So how I visualize it to myself that makes sense is I visit those realms. Like I, I, when I have enough capacity, as in like I've recharged enough, I'll make a mental note and I'll make a visit to the chaos and try to connect with the right types of people, leave the right types of sentiment and vibe in the space and then go back to my space and protect it. And I feel like that particular approach has helped me in the last three, four years from burning out. I used to burn out every year. It was just like, I expect anywhere between September and December, my brain stops working and I need to lay on my back for hours. So that's one thing. And I think secondly is just really protecting your private life as in like the people who are in your actual life day to day, the family you came from, the family you've created, like that is a separate world and not turning that into a workspace. Because I think one of the things that I also, and I still kind of try and do it now, is I kind of work with everybody. Like because of what I do, there's room for whatever someone, if I meet someone and they're a designer or a a videographer or any one of those, come and join. And there's never any demarcation. So it means that when I need to be switched off, I need to be treated as a human being. I actually have a space to retreat to where I'm just Marvin. I'm not Marvin Harrison that can, I'm just Marvin. And they're like, you know, ribbing me about what I did when I was eight. And they're, you know, laugh at me as well as, appreciate what i can do yeah, yeah, yeah those two things i think are by far the most and i've never left therapy i've, I've stayed in it there's points where i don't go but i've never left uh, i've always kept some sort of contact and i think every time i find myself stuck they get the the depth of challenge and i preserve it from other spaces to keep that space neutral mm-hmm. and so those three things are by far as a man about to hit 40 the things that I wish I knew 10 years ago that I think would have given me more peace and more discipline. Um, and hopefully other people at home or even yourself can take something away from that. Definitely. Good advice. Cool, man. Well, look, thank you so much for joining. Can you quickly tell me about your business partner? I, I, I think he's brilliant. I think I think the fact that you're a Jew, how did you meet him? How did you come about? How did you work together? How have you not killed each other? Will you please be one of those platforms that actually make it and the relationship last 25, 30 years? Because it's very, very easy to <laughs> fracture because it happens all the time. Yeah, no, we went to the same college and then went to the same university. Um, so we've been friends for quite some time. And then when it came to business, we actually started Guap with like a few people. Um, but we were the only ones that like really cared about it. Um, mm. So we got closer with, through that. And then in regards to how we haven't argued and stuff, we've always said we're always going to do what's best for what rather mm. than what's best for ourselves. So whenever we've had any sort of like disagreement or anything, 
what's best for guac usually can be found. It's a North Star. Yeah, so like once we've put both sides, what's best for guac is usually found in that. So we'll always go with what's best for guac regardless of who it's come from. And I think that's kind of, that foundation's always kept us um, on the same page. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, one last thing is just like, and this is something that I... I'm trying to find a way, a vehicle to tackle the conversation in a healthy way is I feel is in like in relationships, it doesn't necessarily matter between the gender, but in relationships, you're trying to find a way of working with your partner. How do you approach dating based on everything we discussed around masculinity, the fact that you have a child, the fact that you work very intensely how what role does love play what role does relationships play how do you attract maintain mm, <laughs> any yeah. advice into the ether for the rest of the world because i feel like there's a lot of people who are desperately struggling um how do i attract i'm panging it no i'm joking um <laughs> <laughs> don't say it say it <laughs> <laughs> no but in terms of maintaining i think you make time for what you want to make time for in it i think the mm. same way you can like schedule meetings and stuff you can definitely schedule in times like spend times with your partner or people you're dating etc etc um love i think yeah i think it does play a part i think it kind of goes back to what you were talking about in regards to like spaces where you are just marvin or space where you're just ibrahim about ibrahim um everything that comes with ibrahim i think yeah love can help diffuse that or give you a space where it's like away from all of that and the comfort and the peace that you need that you can't usually get outside um what else i don't know i would say that i would would keep it short i mean that's another thing about me i try not to just say things for saying sake like uh, so i don't want to just say things for saying i think i'll just keep it as those Mm, powerful Ibrahim Kamara thank you so much um, I really appreciate you coming down it's great to actually oh, finally um, get actually to catch do extensive time with you yeah for real uh, we'll do the unofficial one one day as well where we get to say more things that won't be publicised <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you uh, and the platform that you have and the and the approach to the platform also what I will very quickly and t- importantly tell you is that holding the space that you do reminds me in a way of like what Kanye West did to rap where he stood in the middle of it and did it differently. He would wear a pink polo and cared about designers and had a backpack and whatever. And that's the only significance and transferable element to it. But standing in the middle of the thing with the different perspective really creates capacity and space, but also understanding for other people who are like you and from the fruits of the tree. Jamal Edwards was, I was very fortunate to be involved in SBTV right at the beginning. Um, and as an incredible human being, he left an indelible mark on my on my heart and on how I see life and how I see business. Um, and so to hear that you're fruit of that tree as well really brings me a lot of joy. So thank you for all the great work you're doing. We, you know, if you ever need anything, anything I'm connected to is open to you. But yes, congratulations on everything, Mike. No, thank you so no much. No worries, King. Dope Black Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.